The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a Hit the Lux episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 726, and I'm Snowy White. And dear listeners, this is Aaron. I haven't been here in a couple weeks. I feel like I've been beaten. I feel like I've been run over by a reindeer. And if you're feeling the same way, you need True Cult Coffee. T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Get your Krampus Roast, if it's still available. Because, listen, if this is the first time you're turning, tuning into the show, welcome. And go get on the True Cult Coffee mailing list. For anybody who's been listening for a while, a couple months or more, um, and you missed the Krampus Roast, that's on you. We talk about it every week. Like, listen, man, it's special small batch stuff. You got to jump on the list and you're or you're going to miss out, you know, and it, that's that's just how it is, because these guys aren't some giant coffee conglomerate with acres upon acres of coffee beans somewhere. Right. Or whatever. What, however, the commercial coffee industry works. These guys mm-hmm. are finding the coffee, finding the roasts, looking for coffee that they like. They take the time to taste it. It's obviously branded with metal logos and things like that. Um, occasionally, they'll partner with other bands to do a collaboration. But it's not like, you know, oh, hey, let's find the biggest band we can and partner with them. It's what's a band that's cool that likes coffee? That's how this goes, right? Because this isn't just any product. You know, this is coffee that's made for metalheads by metalheads, right? These guys are as Mm -hmm. serious about coffee as Snowy and I are about metal, as, you know, Snowy is about um, Canadian hockey, as I am about (laughs) guitars and pedals. Like, they take this stuff seriously, right? You know, Mm -hmm. as sure as Snowy rode to work, on a moose wearing flannel today. That is how serious they take their coffee, right? So True Cold Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T coffee.com. Possess yourself a cup today. Um, We had the Headless Horseman. Do we have 
um, a Silent Night, Deadly Night um, coffee drink yet. Ooh, or, or, no, or that's we, great a Gremlins idea. one. Yeah. Silent Night, okay. Deadly Night. Or we should, we need to make like a Gremlins one, right? There we go. Because say, be cool. Okay, so... And and we're we're transitioning off off the true cult spot into just like random BS, but do, do, does anybody around you get like like to start the argument? Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Um, not personally, but it's definitely an in- internet thing. Well, the internet Still, does it like all these years. Work chats do it. There's people at work that are like Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and there's there's people that I, I I think there's some people that truly do feel that way. Then there's others that just like to make other people upset. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, and so the one day I posted in the chat, I'm like, so um, I know we're kind of split on Die Hard, but how does everybody feel about Gremlins? That's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. See, the the thing about those two movies is yeah. I just, I, I saw them just as movies based around Christmas, right? But if someone was to say, well, Die Hard and Gremlins are Christmas movies, I'd be like, okay, sure. Like, See, yeah, Die Hard, you, know, you can go back and forth, but but Gremlins, like the Mogwai Gizmo is a gift. He's a Christmas that's gift. That's, that's the entire it, yeah. reason that he was trying that 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 we have Gizmo. If it wasn't Christmas, you know, I don't think he would have gotten them for Easter or for Halloween. You know, mm. so if it wasn't for no, Christmas, I don't sure. know if there'd be a Gremlins because Gizmo was a Christmas gift. Yeah, yeah. And if anyone wants to argue gremlins, I got two words for you. Phoebe Cates. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. The, the guys our age right now are slapping high fives with yeah. their computers, their iPods and all <laughs> yeah. that. Well, you know, it's funny. Like, I, I don't even think I saw her in Fast Times from Ridgemont High till way later. I, I oh, okay. I'm 99% sure the first time I ever saw Phoebe Cates was in Gremlins. And that nice. is absolutely when I fell in love with her. Like, oh, I, I get just that. I totally get that. smitten with her. But yeah, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. And we'll <laughs> talk about Gremlins more here in a minute, being a Christmas movie. So, anyway, Snowman, it's been a couple of weeks. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Isn't this a sound for sore ears, my friend? It's so cool to uh, have you back. You will be happy to know if you didn't get a chance to listen to our last episode you will be happy to know that our good buddy mr ducky duck dustin maruka he kind of stepped up in your absence and we had a fantastic chat about the mess de morts festival we played a lot of great tunes and just hung out had a couple drinks it was a good time speaking of having a couple drinks hang on i have not listened to the episode yet but everybody else should have by now so spoiler Mm -hmm. alert if you haven't listened to it um, you know, pause here, but Snowy, did did they end it by burning the church down? Oh, <laughs> no, no, unfortunately not. What Which the hell makes... kind of finale is that for a black metal festival? Kind of, yeah, what kind I, I'm of, so I disappointed. Lightweights. I never thought of that. Yeah, Kids like today. <laughs> I know. I know. The the black metalers, you know, they were burning churches and, you know, having In a great... In my day, black metalers used to burn churches to the ground. What's wrong with you kids today? <laughs> What's wrong with today's kids? I know. I know. And no, for anyone who's not sure, we are joking. We obviously don't yes. want to see any churches burned. <laughs> um, when the churches burned in the 90s, it was a travesty. They were like very, very old churches with lots of mm. history and architecture. 
I don't want to see that stuff destroyed for any reason. Right, right. right. But and it's called humor. Try it. That's right. <laughs> look into it. Look into it. Yeah. <laughs> look into it. Yeah, that's good. The the theater paradox where this, you know, it was a it was a church and we we talked about this last episode, but it was a church since like 1904 up until like 10 years ago when it was sold off and turned into a venue, but they kept a lot of the you know the old art, the old art, art architecture, and like the the you wouldn't even know it was a, now a music venue from the outside and all that. It was just a phenomenal building. Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic, fantastic time. But I'm so glad um, you are back this week. I know you had a lot going on. Holy shit! You know, it's been with, a lot, dude. With, with your with your life um right now though you know what before we get into tonight's mandatory metal i'm doing something a little bit different okay like i've gone like every you know on many shows before i would have my lemmies going you know but this week i decided to do something a little bit different i had i discovered the other day i had a bottle of gin Okay, that was just kind of been sitting around. I believe it was when my dad passed away a couple of years ago. I raided his liquor cabinet and took a bunch of uh, and just took took it all home and all that. So I've had this bottle of Bombay Sapphire. Oh, gin. that's the good stuff. Okay, I'm, I I have no idea. I'm just not a gin guy, but it's like you know what? I'm going to try something a little different. I something I put on my personal facebook kind of putting it out to all of my facebook friends like hey what goes good with gin <laughs> and i got a whole whack of, got a whole whack of responses including and, my smart ass answer and your smart ass remark yeah you know what goes good with gin cold yeah as in cold gin because cold gin time again <laughs> That's right. That's right. I was Tr so disappointed. I was the first person to write that. I figured Rock would have beat me to the punch. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Because you and our former co-host Rock, big Kiss fans and all that, and I'm kind of disappointed in myself for not not thinking that yeah. as well. But I had a lot put of put in the phrase then we cold gin because you know it's the only thing that keeps us together. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I took a lot of people's suggestions and I got some gin going with some uh, fruit flavored fizzy water in my death scream bloody gore mug and the taste test. Here, let me let me do it live. Oh, yeah. I'm dying to hear this because that sounds really good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So yep. the best part of all peach, this, because I can't flavor. let this go is the fact that you said, so I've got some fruity-flavored fizzy water in my death scream bloody gore mug. That's just yes. like, look, I have strawberry shortcake holding the corpse of, you know. Like, yeah, there oh we God, go. That was, that, that's, yeah. Like, I, I yeah. can't even begin to articulate to you how much I needed that juxtaposition. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm happy to be there for you. <laughs> right on, right on. And we're always happy to be here with our for our listeners with some really cool tunes. And we're going to start off with this week's mandatory metal segment for the good folks at 
true Cavalt coffee. And before we get into our mandatory medal, okay, you know, I've said it on the show a couple of times already, and I've bitched about it on my personal Facebook and all that. But when I'm at work, okay, listening, the only thing I really have is commercial radio on an old-fashioned ghetto blaster. And one of the rock stations that I listen to, they have their daily mandatory metal where they'll pick a metal song to play. And generally, it's, you know, it's nothing to get really too excited about. Today, as we speak, Wednesday, the mandatory metal on that commercial rock station was a Motorhead song, and it wasn't Ace of Spades. Born to I couldn't hell. believe it. It I would not. I wish that would have been perfect. But it was the chase is better than the catch. Which wow. Yeah, yeah. I will take that every time. So that just finished up my work week. Just right. So we're going to uh, start off this podcast just right with our mandatory metal segment, which we, yeah. you know, we, we had long before that station gripped the name from us in our mandatory metal segment um, at the Mes de Mortz Festival. We had the good, fair, good fortune of seeing Azeroth live and of course Azeroth is well I don't want to say side project because he's been doing it for so many years now but it's Behemoth Drummer's Inferno's other band and catching Inferno you know pounding the skids in in Montreal this year was definitely a highlight so I decided you know what for all of our listeners in Montreal that had a great time at the Mes de Mortz Festival, let's drop a track from Azeroth's latest record, Saint Desecration. This is Let Them Burn. Oh, 
We've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. All right, dude, I've been waiting about three weeks for this. What you got? Oh, my goodness, dude. It has been a whirlwind, right? So I, I think I've talked on the show about um, my son <clears throat> being in a local performance mm-hmm. for a play. Like, he, he got into acting this summer, and he really enjoys it. And so he auditioned for um, A Christmas Story. They were putting on A Christmas Story at the local theater here. Okay. And we figured, okay, that'd be great. You know, maybe you'll be one of the kids on the playground. That'll be a lot of fun. Son of a gun, dude, he got Ralphie. Oh, oh, oh. oh Mrs. Snowy's going to love to hear this because that's, it's one of our favorite movies, a, a, a Christmas story. So knowing that, oh, she's going to be over the moon. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's my wife's favorite Christmas movie, too. Like. I had honestly never watched it till I met my wife. And then it's become a Christmas tradition. We watch it every year, 24 hours oh, every of Christmas year. story, you yeah. know. And um, <clears throat> the joke was, you know, I told my son, I'm like, you know, if you get Ralphie, this is your mom's ultimate Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. And son of a gun, he got Ralphie. And so the, the first set of, um, you know, performances are under their belt. Um, this week is going to be the final set. And during this... Um, you know, I, I learned to, and helped build the sets, you know, and do, do things like that. Learn some construction. Cause I think I've talked about the fact I'm not a very handy guy, but, um, I, you know, it was like they needed labor. I'm like, listen, I can carry stuff. I can lift stuff. You're just going to have to tell me what needs done. Cause I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, so learn that stuff. And then in the midst of it all, they're trying to figure out like how to run sound effects. Right. Cause they need like certain sounds and. Um, you know, there's music in the show, like when they turn on a radio, that sort of stuff. And long story short, I can now add sound designer for theater to my resume. Wow. You go boy. Dude. It it was one of those times where there, 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 there's transitions happening in the theater. So people that knew things are not there anymore and not, um, and other people are like, well, I don't know how we do this. And so one of the people that was there is like, well, here's this program that's on here. People use it for sound all the time. Let's go with that one. I pulled up YouTube, pulled up the website, and learned that program in an afternoon and keep learning it. And then I have since gone on to actually build some sounds. So like, you know, like one of the scenes where they're messing with the tree and they turn the bulb and you hear like a bzzz, you know, where mm-hmm. the ball bursts. Um, I built that sound. And um, my my daughter has actually been really involved in this as well. Her and I spent probably a good hour, like the week of the show. Um, but before the first performance, we went early and we went through every single sound. And, you know, we, we tried everything. We balanced everything so because some things were too loud, some were too quiet. So we kind of balanced everything so everything could just be, you know, ride the fader. So that has been a blast. That is coming to a close and man, I'm proud of him. You know, he's been doing a great job with that. Right on. Me too. Yeah. So me too. Yeah. You great. tell him his, his you tell him his his cool uncle Snowy said the same thing. We yeah. I will. That's be. that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It, it just it still blows my mind. So my my parents came in to see him, and it's funny because they wanted to come see him in another play. I'm like, guys, it's a really tiny part. I don't want to see you make that long drive. They're like, well, let us know what happens for a Christmas story. And I, I called mm-hmm. him like, well. Uh, he got Ralphie. They're like, okay, we'll be there. And so they went to, you know, two of the performances this weekend. And then my dad, what a trooper, dude. He's in his 70s, right? Drives the whole way here. 
Um, and he's been off all pain medication because he was getting his one of his knees replaced. And so okay. he's in a crap ton of pain, drives down here, goes through two shows, drives back, and literally was in the hospital yesterday to get operated on. You know, and got his knee replaced. Okay. So thankfully that's gone well. He's, you know, already done some therapy. That's going well. Um, and so, so all this has been happening. And then with all of that, um, I was telling you off the air, but I had a coworker pass away and, mm-hmm. you know, like, sorry, man. Sorry. Oh, thanks, man. Like it's, it's a virtual office. Um, so it's not like I saw him all the time. He lives in New Mexico, lived in New Mexico. Um, I just, it's, it's his family. I feel so horrible for because mm-hmm. it, it, like, I think everybody has this person in their life but he's like that ray of sunshine, you know? And I mean, you know me, like I'm a fairly cheery guy, um, mm-hmm. but, but he could put me to shame some days, you know? Oh, wow. We, we, yeah. Which, which, which is great because, you know, like even the cheery guy sometimes needs a cheery guy, you know? And so we would talk about everything Marvel, everything Star Wars, comics <laughs> all that sort of stuff like his his uh, instagram kind of guy oh dude you 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 seriously you guys could have just sat down and shot the shit for a long time he um he he had an instagram page called uh hairless wookie right so huge star wars fan loves wookies <laughs> and um you know i was trying to get him back to to joke because like you know he he'd been in and out with cancer when he came came back this last time i said dude I, because he came back like right at the um, end of, oh, was it? Yeah, it's like right at the end of November he comes back, right? I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. next team meeting, show up in your Wookiee mask and just, just tell everybody, say, okay, guys, I just completed No Shade November. How's everybody else doing? You know, because that's, that's been like our running joke with that. But um, he, he had this Instagram, One Hairless Wookiee, where he would, he would just go like dive the dollar boxes, find really awesome comics and then resell them, you know? And that was just like a side hustle. And mm-hmm. it, it, it wasn't even like he was trying to like start a business. He just loved comics, you know? So it was just right it was fun for him. So it's like, Oh, I can go do this. And then if I sell these, then my wife doesn't get on me for buying this other thing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and just, just, he was just such a sweet guy and it's just such such a loss, man. Like he had, he had tongue cancer and you know, all the things that cause tongue cancer, he didn't do any of them. He, he was literally one of those one in a million chances, you know, of getting wow. this. And he came back and, you know, his voice sounded different and he was self-conscious about talking. Cause sometimes it sounded like he's slurring his words and he was drunk. And, you know, right. here's me ever the positive influence. I'm like, dude, you keep an empty flask on your desk and just every now and then, you know, pretend to take a drink from it. Like just lean, <laughs> lean into it, mess with everybody, you know? That's right. I'm like, have tell, some fun with it. Yeah. yeah. I'm like t- tell our boss you're doing it, but just mess with people. If anybody, cause like, cause you know, he told me that to me and I, I called him the next day. I'm like, you know what? I said, don't you dare let that keep you from talking. Like you get on those mm-hmm. calls, you talk. If somebody has a problem with it, it's their problem. Fuck them. You know? That's right. And he was just such a great guy. So it's, it's been a big loss. I'm trying to like get my thoughts together. I'm, I'm trying to write some sort of fun song about Wookiees gone wild or something to, <laughs> to that, where there's going to be a hairless Wookiee 
you know, traveling the galaxy, doing just crazy things like, you know, wrestling various creatures. And there just, we go. You know, but just, just something. Just make, make a fun rock and roll song, you know, to, to okay. commemorate this guy. Because he's a good dude. So uh, You yeah. do that, we'll play it for yeah, sure. Absolutely, dude. So it that that's just, it's been so much crap going on, right? And then, so then on top of all that... Um, a family member who wishes wishes not to be named publicly and has made me promise to not name them publicly um, mm-hmm. wrote a Christmas song to the tune of Big Balls by ACDC. Okay. And so we've been trying to this. get that track, right? And so I'm trying to work on that stuff. So we've been doing that. And and that's so like that's that's everything that's going on. But we talked at the top of the show, like that Gremlins is a Christmas movie. And I remember seeing it, you know, and you know, it's funny. I remember watching this movie and all the crazy things that they did and all the violent things they did. It was only PG. Can you believe that? It was PG. Yeah. 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 I think it was Gremlins and Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. Yeah. It was those, those two movies that created PG-13? the uh, PG-13 rating. Yeah. That makes sense. Because I couldn't believe those were PG, but mm-hmm. um, so you know how like that. Are are you familiar with the advent calendar tradition? Did you ever do that as a kid? Yes. Okay. So yes, as, as, a, kid, as a matter of fact, yeah. According to my chocolate advent calendar, yeah, it's Christmas Eve right now. <laughs> I was hoping that was gonna be your answer, but yeah. So right, traditionally, it's like a little piece of chocolate. There's some wooden advent calendars. And then, like, the last few years, I've seen, like, Lego and other companies stepping up and doing, like, fun little advent. Like, every day you open something. So, since my son is in A Christmas Story, and since now it's also, you know, my my wife's favorite movie, we found Christmas Story advent calendars where you get these little one-inch figures. Oh, oh, dude. I want, I want. It's fantastic. Um, And so, they both have one. Mm -hmm. My daughter has one that's, like, these little pops. And they're like, well, you know, what? what's dad want? And my daughter, bless her heart, was paying attention when we were at the store. And I said, she's like, well, dad likes this one. My And my wife's like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, yeah, no, he really likes that one. And they brought me the Gremlins one. <laughs> yes. And not only is it Gremlins, it's also <laughs> 31 days, not 24 uh, ah, right I've on. already opened like the little uh, like gremlin <laughs> sacks and they come with slime like the cocoons. Um, I've uh, got the okay. gremlin wearing 3D glasses. I've got Spike both as a gremlin and as a mogwai. I've got Gizmo already open. It has been so much fun, dude. And and that's what got me thinking. I'm like, you know, Gremlins really is a Christmas movie. Like the the whole thing takes place and revolves around Christmas, you know. And Phoebe Cates mm-hmm. hates Christmas because of what happened to her as a child, you know. Like like Christmas is a central thing there. And it's funny to me that you know when people are like, ha ha, Dry Hard is a Christmas movie. I'm like, what? No one's gonna say Gremlins is. Like, come on. <laughs> I'm t- I'm disappointed, you know, people. But anyway. But yeah, I think I, I'm going to watch Gremlins tonight. Uh, well, it's funny. I need to watch it too. And, and, yeah, and that's why I know it's PG because I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't play that in front of the kids. I'm like, how old was I when I saw it? And I looked, I'm like, oh, oh. it says it's PG. I guess it's fine. That's that's good. That's good for the kids. Like, I, I honestly believe that kids are resilient. Like, kids 
like uh, we we have a tendency of coddling kids like oh no i can't expose my kid to this no man like i remember i was eight years old i went to alien in the theater you, okay. you, you know i was 10 i was 10 years old i went to conan the barbarian but so in, in, in the theater with I, the boobs and the decapitation all children are different and different things could have a different impact. And here's an example of that. Um, I saw Gremlins, you know, whatever age. I saw Ghostbusters. I saw the Blues Brothers when I was eight, right? Mm-hmm. But I saw the Blob also somewhere between eight and ten. Not only did I sleep with the light on for like a month, <laughs> um, my mom t- still teased me to this day that I wouldn't eat Jello until I was a senior in high school. <laughs> nice yeah yeah so so like certain movies can have that impact on you you know so so that that's why i try to be careful so i don't scar them for life especially for a movie like gremlins that i would like them to enjoy with me (laughs) so i try Mm. not to be too anxious on some of those um because i i have already ruined a couple movies (laughs) so yeah you know but i feel like that's being a parent oh Okay, so speaking of Christmas Story, have you seen the new Christmas Story Christmas? We watched it just a couple days ago. Yeah, I happened to stumble on it on one of. um, It's it wasn't necessary, but it was a nice love letter to the original film. Yes, I. Mm -hmm. You know what? I enjoyed it. It is now canon for me. It will become a Christmas movie that I watch every year. And here's what I loved about it, right? Because, like, the original Christmas story was really more for our grandparents, right? This one is really written for our parents and then for us as kids. Because the year it takes place in 1973, I don't know about you, but the sled riding scene... I'm like, oh my God, that's my uncle and all his friends. Because, because like, my, my uncle and his friends, they'd have a case of beer and they'd be out in the snow. You know, and right. probably driving snowmobiles, you know, uh-huh. like, because yeah. it was the 70s. And, and like the scene where like the moms all, um, you know, she she hurts her ankle, but then she gets out there like, are you OK? She's like, I'm feeling no pain. But if you're paying attention, she had like 15 martinis at the um, store like that was the 70s, you know. And so I really uh-huh. appreciate how they brought forward all those things that were very distinct of that era that we've all come to forget and poo poo on. And it was just, that was fun nostalgia for me. So, so yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed it. My, my, my wife enjoyed it. You know, it, it's definitely, it's canon for us. And honestly, it really helps that they brought back like the old cast, you know, mm-hmm. because, because yes. that's, that's yes. really, if we're going to do another movie, that's what we want to see. We want to see them again now as adults. And it was, it was really, it was fun, man. It was fun. Right on. All right. So last thing then, because I believe we're going to talk about Lux Eternal, right? Yes. Okay, yes. good. So, so I'll Lux pause Eterna, on that. The but, album cover, everything. Okay. But as a result of Lux Eterna, the Metallica Vinyl Club, which has taken a beating since it started, right? Like it's, it started at the beginning <laughs> of 2020. And, you know, we all know how 2020 went. I think it finally... I can't remember when I got my last one, but it was somewhere in 2021, right? And then we could mm-hmm. um, re-sign up possibly like at the end of 2021. And then 
Um, I'm still waiting for my fourth one, which may make it by March at this point. Um, and that's what they're like, okay. Like it, it basically just starts out like, yeah, we know. <laughs> right. But <laughs> essentially the vinyl club is going to take a back seat to this new album. They're like, they're like, listen, you know, we've had growing pains with, with the vinyl club. We thought we had it figured out world shortages, blah, blah, blah. They're like, because we want to put the new album on vinyl, we're going to pause the vinyl club to make sure that we can make that priority. I'm like, well, that's smart. And where other companies, corporations, whatever, would not say that to customers, they would just be like, oh, yeah, it's coming soon. Like, they're just like, hey, mm-hmm. listen, it's going to come back. You know, we're not we're not getting rid of it, but just this is what we got to do to run this business because it still is a business, you know. And as fans, I am definitely interested in that new album. But that that's all, really. I mean it. Because that was a lot of shit. So, how about you, dude? What's going on? Oh, for myself with my metal fix, um, first and foremost, on the live front, just last night as we speak, Claudio Seminetti's Goblin was in town. Ah, oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. The good folks at Ninja Cat Productions... <clears throat> You know, brought um, brought Goblin in for two nights last night and the night before. Unfortunately, I was not able to make the first night, but the second night was date night with uh, with Mrs. Snowy and I. You know, we came down, we hung out, we caught we caught the show. Unfortunately, this time around, because of scheduling and all that, I didn't know if I was going to be able to. Um, speak to Mr. Seminetti again like we did was it like four years ago now when Goblin came through town when we had the big interview with him and it was definitely a bucket list moment for me I didn't even get a chance to talk to him it was just there's just so much going on and I just wasn't able to make both nights but I'm not crying any tears you know like I said four years ago I had my Claudio moment and I will always have that the show is fantastic basically what it is is Goblin who by now if you're a regular listener to this show you should know who Claudio is and what Goblin is but if you're just tuning in for the first time in the 70s, there was this awesome prog rock band called Goblin that did a lot of really cool music for some Italian uh, horror films, Suspiria, you know, and going into the 80s with, you know, with Suspiria, Dawn of the Dead, um, Deep Deep Red, Demons, all of, all of these awesome movies. <laughs> that wicked music was provided by Claudio Simonetti. To this day, Mr. Simonetti is keeping the whole Goblin legacy alive by touring. And one of the ways he does it is Suspiria is one of the more famous films of his. They would play, they play the movie. And there's obviously a lot of Goblin music as part of the soundtrack. Oh, that's awesome. So when... Whenever there was music in the movie, they would play it live. And it's just it's just an amazing experience. 
Dude, you know, I to see the movie, movie, to see. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. As a matter of fact, I had a co-worker today when he was asking me, so how did your show, I know you went out last night and all that, and I explained it to him, and he's like, dude, you know, you you go, you do a lot of interesting things, <laughs> you, know, you yeah. know, it's like, well, yeah, I do, because I'm not afraid to go out and discover new things. See, you know what Sorry? I, I love well i was just gonna say like i love seeing things like that like have, I, I don't know if it ever made it up your way but um at one point the warner brothers orchestra like, like and this would have been back in the 90s did a tour and played live to bugs bunny cartoons oh see so i like, would have been there for that oh i my my dad and i went for my birthday one year um and it was it like I, I mean, obviously, I still talk about it, you know. And we're talking that's over thirty years ago at this point, and it, it's mm-hmm. just one of the greatest things. And I've, I saw, I think I saw John Williams do something like that. Um, just yeah. So, dude, this Goblin thing, I would have been all about that. Oh, it was absolutely fantastic. After the movie was done, okay, they did a quick set of songs from, you know, their other quote-unquote hits, themes from The Dawn of the Dead, from Deep Red, from Demons, and just like, and it, I, like these are all favorite songs of mine. If I was to make a list of my 50 favorite songs, like, Goblin would be have at least five of them, you know? Like, it's just... Ah, it, 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 was abs- it was absolutely phenomenal. And it's just, it's one of those shows, like, Mrs. Snowy, like, she's kind of done going to like brutal death and hardcore shows and all that like she's kind of done but something like this okay even though she's not a big horror film fanatic because she's kind of done watching like a lot of gory shit with me yeah like you got to give her full props oh hell yeah she's yeah she's seen a lot of shit that normally wouldn't be hers but you know it's just she wants to do it with me so you got to give her credit. Something like this, though, like she loved every second of it. And, of you know, obviously she recognized a lot of the music because it's coming out of our living room all the right, time. Right, all the time. And all that. So, yeah, yeah. So thank you so much, sweetie, for coming out, having a cool date night with me for that. And I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if this might be the last kick at the cat because... I, I'm sorry, but like Mr. Simonetti, he's getting up there, and I don't know how much longer he's going to be able to do stuff like this. Yeah. Okay. Right before the two nights here in Winnipeg, Goblin did two nights at the Stanley Hotel in, excuse me, in Colorado. Do you know what the Stanley Hotel is? That's the hotel where they uh, filmed The Shining, right? They filmed The Shining too. Yes, wow. Okay, if there was ever a dream gig, and I imagine they played that same big ballroom where um, Jack was uh, was when you first saw Lloyd the bartender, and he was hallucinating everything. I imagine it's that big ballroom that Goblin played last week in. Those two nights. Like, that's a destination show. I wish I would have been able to make that 
Oh yeah, dude. You know, love hunt. You know, say to say to my wife, we're going to Colorado. Okay, yeah, we're gonna go skiing. We're gonna go do this. We're gonna do that. And Claudio is playing two nights in the big ballroom at the Stanley Hotel. <laughs> like, oh yeah, that would have been great. Yeah, fortunately, I have to. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I have to. Uh, I have to be content with uh, <clears throat> the tour shirt with the Stanley Hotel tour dates right before the Park Theater here in Winnipeg. I can because promise I, 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 next year there'll be people that wish they had that tour shirt. Oh, so, definitely. So, yeah, definitely. be very proud of that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that was amazing. That that show is definitely going to be a contender for our uh, Rammy Awards, dude. Which is coming up real soon. We just oh, got to hammer down right. a uh, a time to do that. But before we kind of get to that, while we were gone, and I couldn't, I couldn't talk about this in my Metal Fix last episode because you know I know. This is something you would definitely want to talk about with me. Um, while we were out in Montreal, Record Store Day Black Friday was going on. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So while there was nothing going on, like we hit one of the record shops in Montreal the day before. Is Black Friday a thing outside of the United States? Um. Yeah, here, up here, though. Yeah, it's uh, it's Black Friday week. Oh well, it's like, been oh, like Black oh. Friday since I think August now here, but yeah. Oh okay. But but like like before that, the, like back in the eighties when they used to call it the day after Thanksgiving sale, was that still a thing up there? No, or is that more like that recent back. because everybody started adopting Black Friday and trying to get every dollar they can? Yeah, I think it's only like been like the last ten years up here now. Okay. Yeah, because that's what I was, I was, my wife and I were talking about, like, the Black Friday thing. I'm like, nobody used to call it Black Friday. It was called the day after Thanksgiving sale. And mm-hmm. that's when people went out and stabbed each other for cash trash kids, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, see, that that's just it. Like, I know I've gone on the show and called it Trampling Day and all that. But, yeah, the original Black Friday Karens were uh, stealing... Um, Cabbage Patch kids out of each other's shopping carts and ripping them out of each other's hands in the stores and all that back way, way back in, in the 80s when the Cabbage Patch kids were such a big thing. Yeah. You know, so, oh, yeah. We'll never forget those days. Yeah. Well, fortunately, this Black Friday, the record store Black Friday, you remember the last episode you were on? We went over, we went to the Black Friday, the Record Store Day website, and we went over some releases that we would be interested in. Okay? Yes. Barely. I ended up grabbing, I ended up grabbing two of them, actually. Oh, what'd you get? Uh, Okay, you're really going to dig this, first of all. Um, because like I had to place a special order with the good folks, Dave and Kathy over at Planet of Sound. I said, okay, you guys are, you guys do the record store day thing. If I, I have a couple records from the website, I'll put the special order in now. If you can get them great. 
Okay. When I got back the week after the trip to Montreal, I went to Planet of Sound. Okay, I said, hey, you know, they asked me how the trip, how the festival was, all that great stuff. I went looking in the record section, you know, seeing what I was gonna pick I was gonna pick up that day. Dave, Mr. Funny Man, and this is a touching story, dude. I will always remember this. As I'm just flipping through the records, Dave comes by and he goes, Oh, sorry, Snowy, excuse me. And he puts these two records on the rack, you know, like he's just putting albums out. <laughs> okay. And God damn it, if it wasn't the two records that I ordered, that was his cute way of saying, Hey, Snowy, your records are in. That's hysterical. Oh. Wow, that was, I just took one look at that. We're like, dude, those are my records. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, yes. Um, the first one, as you'll recall on that episode, I was interested in Kitty's, I believe it was the second record, Oracle. Because as you know, big, big Kitty fan, had them on the show, you know, I, umpteen times, yeah, all, times. All, already. Yeah, yeah. I've never had any kitty vinyl. Okay, and this was a great opportunity. So, yeah, my uh, copy of Oracle came. Fantastic stuff. I was cranking that the other day. When I was a kid, okay, one of my favorite songs, and you've mocked me on the show about this before, and I'm so glad you did because this song will always be a special part of me but when i was a kid one of my favorite songs was rick springfield's jesse's girl classic tune <laughs> well well as you'll recall on record store day black friday we discussed the 40th anniversary ep of that song because it's been 40 years 1982 that song came out Wow. On the on on the working class dog album. And I said, you know, if I get a chance to find this special commemorative EP, I'm gonna grab it. And Dave found it for me. Right here in my hot little fist, I have the Rick Springfield 40th anniversary Jesse's Girl EP. Now, why this is so special. Okay, because it was a favorite song of mine, and I know I've our longtime listeners already know this story. But when I was a kid, I used to love the song. And throughout over the years, it's just been a special song between my mother and I, all the way up until I left, until she left us. My mom would say to me, you know, every once in a while, do you still listen to Jesse's Girl? Oh. I know, I remember you. You used to love that song. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, Mom, I hear it every once in a while. No, I don't have the record anymore. When I found this EP, just for my mom, I had to pick it up. I had to buy it. It cost a little more than I would have wanted to pay for it. But, it, you know, you can't, you can't put a price on stuff like this. And for the most part, this five-song EP, okay, there's the um, there's a live in the studio updated version of it there's a live 
version from uh, on tour in Australia in 1983. There's a Spanish version of the song. That is really neat. <laughs> okay, if you get a chance, by, by all means, that's something you're going to want to listen to. As well as a 2016 version, and I believe a... Um, a demo version from back in 19, I guess it would be 1981 wow. when they were originally demoing, you know, the songs for the working class dog record. The demo is really interesting because there was a lot of really cool solos in that first version that didn't make it onto the final product. They had a lot of cool arrangements and solos that would make ZZ Top kind of proud. Oh, when I'm listening to this, it's like it's like this is actually pretty cool. Why why was this not in the the finished song? Uh, they had a lot of great musicians play on that, and there's a great story about Jesse's Girl, and whoever the guitarist was, it's escaped me right now that um, did the studio work, where Rick would bring his dog to the studio, and the guy sits down to the track, and 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 it's like. It's not a Chihuahua, right? We're talking talking like it's it's a bigger dog, like like a Rottweiler, a bulldog, like a, a yeah. dog that could do some damage if it was mad at you. Um, but uh-huh. it basically came it right over now. and stuck its head right in his crotch as <laughs> as they started rolling, and he recorded the the version that we know like that. So, like, the version of Jesse's Girl that we know was recorded with that dog's head right at his crotch the entire time. <laughs> that, that's probably why they wanted to get it done as soon as possible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he's like, Speaking I gotta get this taken, get out. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned the dog because the cover of the EP, they reproduce the old album cover, including the dog on the back. And all that with an updated picture of Springfield in the dog's pocket and all that. It's 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 absolutely fantastic. I've, I've cranked it a couple times, all all already, and it just I got a lump in my throat every time. Dude, it's, it's such a good album, man. And and you know what's fun about yeah. saying that it was in Spanish, like that's when you knew that you know the single was really like. Like breaking and they're trying to do different things and breaking into different markets with it. Do you remember? Was it going crazy, David Lee Roth, that they did in Spanish? Remember that? Mm. No. What record was that? Uh, it or would. Was that... Um, I think it was. It was either the song "Going Crazy" or no, cra- "Crazy from the Heat." Going crazy. I, I'm pretty sure that's the one because because John from Iron City Rocks. He had the Spanish 45 as well as the English 45. Oh, right on. Yeah. And I mean, he had it in the 80s at the time. Like, it was just, it was interesting because every now and then you'd hear it on the radio that they played the Spanish version. I, you know, I mean, dude, where I grew up, if there was anybody who who spoke Spanish, there's like two people in that entire area, right? Because, because, you know, it, it was very. At that time, Pittsburgh was still very European immigrants, right? So we're talking Polish, Italian, Irish, like all, all that sort of stuff. Um, so we didn't have a big Spanish-speaking population there. So I, I'm pretty sure the radio stations just played it for fun. You know, kind of like they they play the German version of 99 uh, Red Balloons, or in this case, 99 Luftballons. Luft, yeah. Well, that's you know. the original version. That's well, the yeah. one they should play. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, it's an English audience. Right. Right. No, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah, I finally grabbed the new Megadeth. Okay, because... Oh, you did know, you get it on was... vinyl? Uh, no, I, I didn't because it was like $70 on for, vinyl for without with without the cover songs. Okay, is vinyl that expensive or is Dave losing it his It can mind? be. No, like it... It can it can be pretty expensive up here. The the new Scorpions record, God, I found it for like fifty bucks. Holy I'm like, ah, yeah, no, cut that, you know, by a third, and we're talking. No, I ended up finding the CD because it was like twelve ninety nine or whatever. So it's like, okay, I'll 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 grab that. It did have the Sammy Hagar cover, but not. The Dead Kennedys police truck. Oh, come is, on. It's got to be. Yeah, which is that's. Uh, uh, I know. I, I was pissed. Which that was the thing about the vinyl. It didn't have those. It didn't have those tracks. So it's like, okay, I'm going to bite the bullet because it's an awesome record. I'm going to buy it. And I'm just going to have to listen to the DK's version online. You know, I guess. You know, first world problems, you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, so, since we're talking about DKs and covers and all that sort of stuff, Black Flag is on tour, and I believe it's uh, Greg Ginn and whoever else Greg's assembled. Would you see it without Rollins, without Dukowski, without any of the original singers like a Keith Morris or anything like that? Would you see it if it was just Greg Ginn and whoever he's assembled? Yeah, I think so, because i it's. It, I want to see Greg Ginn. Like I've gone. Me too. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, even if you just if you're gonna see it as, well, okay, because we have like people have that attitude of like, well, you know, it's only got the original member and all that. Okay. Yeah. But do you not want to see that original yeah. member? And and Rollins you know, when, is not an original me- member, and that's when it's funny how people are like, well, if if uh, Rollins isn't it, then it's not Black Flag. I'm like, well. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, I don't think so. You know, like, like I mean, yes, damaged will forever have its mark on history, you know, and everything else. Mm-hmm. But Ginn was a visionary, you know, and without Greg Ginn, I think there's a lot of heavy music that would not exist today. You know, and so oh, yeah, for sure. I, for I, sure. I brought it up because I um. Uh, my buddy Aiden and I were, were chatting about it. He was the guy that I met at the Rollins show. And he's like, yeah, he's like, dude, Black Flag's still touring. I'm like, yeah. I said, sometimes you get two versions. Dukowski takes a version around and Ginn takes a version around. I think this is Ginn's version. He's like, oh, I'd only go if it was Rollins. I'm like, no. I said, I would go see either. I would see, see Ginn right. or Dukowski because those guys are the OGs. You know, like like they... They, they they laid the blueprint for DIY punk rock ethics and stuff. Just like yeah, like I I would definitely go go see those guys. And at this point, this is the only way we're going to see Black Flag live. Like, oh yeah, that's just the reality, you know. Yeah. You know, and it like it, it it's not just it's not just Black Flag. Like Quiet Riot was touring, and the only member when he was with us was was the drummer Frankie Benelli and it's like well I I want to see Frankie Benelli like I'll I'll I'll, I'll pay you to see that I don't yeah. care if it's you, you know it's the same thing like 
Leonard Skinner, like the original, the only original member was the bassist or whatever. And it's like, okay, I'm not paying a hundred bucks for it, but I would go just to see the original Leonard Skinner bassist. You know, so <laughs> like, as you a bass to, player, like I still you know, wouldn't. <laughs> well, well, fair enough. You know, no, I I, th- I think the only band that I could see if the only original member left was the bassist would be like Primus, um, Iron Maiden, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> ba- bands like that. Okay, save save this. Here's a good um, discussion for the future. Like, which bands would we go see if there was only like the original drummer, the original bassist? Oh. Who would we still, you know? Well, so, and, and, you know, it's fun as that ties into what's going on with Pantera, because I would go see the current Pantera reunion that's going on or tribute or whatever we're calling it today, um, mm-hmm. because I want to see Charlie Benante play Pantera songs. Like, I'm, I'm honestly like, like Phil and Rex, sure, whatever. But like, I know the caliber of drummer that Vinny was, and I know the caliber of drummer that Benante was, and... I, I just want to watch Charlie rip through Pantera songs. Like, it's going to be amazing. For sure, for sure. But apparently even Rex right now, um, I saw something on Facebook. I have uh, Derek Engerman from uh, Phil and Selma and the Illegals. Okay. I have him on Facebook, and we were supposed to have him on... Which did we did we end up talking to him or was it someone else from the illegals? No, I think it was, I think it was Ag, it was Angaman. Okay, we ended up did eventually connecting with him, but they needed someone in Mexico on the tour because Rex had to step down for a couple up for a couple shows or whatever. Is he okay? And he got the call. I guess so. They okay. haven't announced anything that he was deathly ill or anything, okay. but apparently, yeah, they Phil got a hold of Derek and said, Hey, can you get your butt down here? And I guess obviously if you're in a band with Phil Anselmo, you know all the Pantera songs. Right. You know, if if you're a musician. So, yeah, I think a radioactive metal alum is on that tour right now. So good on him. That's fantastic. You know, but but again, yeah. um, you've got if you've got Phil on vocals, then in this case, I'm going to say it's still Pantera. Um, even without the um, and, and this is going to be kind of a caveat, but even without the Abbott brothers, only because of who the replacements are. If it was anybody else, I'd be like, okay, it's Phil doing karaoke. But when you've got Phil with uh, Zach, who was literally best friends with Dime, and Mm -hmm. you've got Benante, who is like the only other drummer on the planet that I think could really pull this off. um, Yeah, probably like one or two or three, right? They could really, really do it. You're not arguing, yeah. You know, but... No, for sure, for sure. But just like, like I, I think like... You know, like that's that's something, man. You know, but I mean, like nothing against mm-hmm. Rex, but his bass playing never. It was like, wow, Rex is like, eh, you're in Bintero, you play bass. <laughs> you know, right? 
Right, right. And see, that goes back to what we were saying about, like, the original Skinner bassist. Yeah, Benante is not a member of, the original member of Pantera, but who doesn't want to see him play? Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, Charlie yeah, Benante. I'll, I'll, I'll pay for that. Yeah. That's right. No, I totally get that. I totally get that. No, no, for sure, for sure. Before we get into some tunes here, last episode, okay, I had got what I thought, what was the latest episode, or the latest issue of Disciple Magazine, okay, the January issue with Undeath on the cover, and of course, the, our longtime listeners know, okay, Disciple, you know, stemmed from... Our former co-host is Kareen calling it that. And then a couple days later, our good buddy Ducky, who we had on last episode, he referred to it as Disciple as well. So that's been a long-standing joke on the show. So when we had Ducky on last week and that new issue of Disciple magazine came on, like, dude, you knew I was going to have some fun with him. Oh, yeah. With this. Okay. Well, that was the January issue. Okay. A couple days after that, though, when I got home from work, you know, I'm just get home and, you know, just just going about my business. I see on the coffee table the December issue had arrived apparently for some reason it took it, it took a while for the december issue to get here and we got the january first so what a pleasant surprise that was when you're not expecting you know a new magazine in the mail and like boom here it is so yeah i'm doing things a little bit backwards last episode i spoke about the january issue well this one the December issue, which I got in my hot little fists, you have to give Decibel Magazine credit. Because inside this issue, in the Hall of Fame section, you have Strapping Young Lad. You have articles with Candle Mass. Okay. Um, with Tom G. Warrior from Celtic Frost. The, uh, the new book, Denim and Leather, about the... Uh, the old new wave of British heavy metal in the early eighties and all that. You have all of these awesome artists. Okay. Huge names. And once again, and I've, I've been praising decibel for many years for this. They choose to put Halder on the cover over Tom G warrior, like horns up to that. Yeah. That's and who hold. hold <clears throat> yeah. That's something. Sorry. It is, it is. And who Halder is, is the, it's the, the, the young lady, the one person black metal show. And it's fantastic. Like we've played her on the show in one day, you know, when we start doing interviews again with a little more regularity, I would really like to sit down with her, really pick her brain and all that, because yeah, it's just, she's a fantastic artist and she does deserves all the success that she gets, and the issue itself, the aforementioned Candlemas, Black Anvil, 
the returning 16 great band. Um, we've played Rambo a couple episodes ago, R-E-M-B-O. They gave them some ink. Really, really cool issue. Um, let's get on with some tunes here. Um, some cool new releases still out or just hitting the racks now as this show ends up going to air um the crippler is a really cool uh, newish band out of philadelphia that does a really cool mix of grindcore and death metal their new record I'm just going to let myself in will be available now, courtesy of Horror, Pain, Gore, Death Records. Now, what makes this record so interesting to me is it's got Shellac on guitar and former members of Brutal Truth as well. And who Shellac is are crossover listeners of Wrestling Night in Canada will know like we've talked about shellac he's one of those uh brutal deathmatch wrestlers where it's just all thumbtacks and weapons and glass and just let's see if we can absolutely destroy one another okay well he's also a musician and the crippler which of course you know named after you know the the Crippler from the old AWA days, and I guess Chris Benoit as well. I don't hate to mention that name, but it kind of is what it is. I gave a couple tracks from that new record a spin. We'll get to some tunes from that. But first, I want to talk about Morbicon. Now, what Morbicon is, is the new side project of one landfill from municipal waste. Rock on. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, yeah, I believe we're like in and cannabis corpse. We've had landfill on. Great guy. Every time he's in town, I like to sit down and and shoot the shit with him and all that. Especially, you know, Tony as well from you from you from municipal as well. Well, landfill, his new project Morbicon, new record of Mournful Twilight. Now, if you're big on Cannabis Corpse, which you should be, if you're big on Municipal Waste, which you should be, don't expect Morbicon to be anything like that. This is kind of his black metal project. Rock on. Yeah, yeah, which with the name like of Marvel of Mournful Twilight, that's kind of what you're going to expect. So I was given that a spin today, and it's really cool stuff. I love it when a band, when 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 an artist can kind of step out of his quote unquote comfort zone and do something different. Like, like you have <laughs> Municipal, you have Cannabis, <laughs> like you have Morbicon. They are all totally different subgenres, and Phil does it so good. You know, oh, it's absolutely fantastic. So we're gonna get a track to for, with from that record, but before we do that, yeah. Speaking of municipal waste, we have to say hello and horns up to drummer Dave Witt's 
mom. Okay, I was gonna ask ask about that. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> yes, yes. At a recent municipal waste show. I don't know what she was thinking or what was going through her head. I guess she was just having a good time. But Dave's mom got up on stage, stage dived, and body surfed at, what, 70? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that was a great video. (laughs) Oh, my God. She is my hero. And it was so heartwarming to hear everyone in the audience as she's body surfing, chanting, Dave's mom, Dave's mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave's mom. Like, oh, this is amazing. Oh, oh. Like, you can't. Memories. You know, like, I, I wish I was in the building for that. But, you know, if it's any consolation. Seeing the video and talking about it on the show, like uh, that's absolutely fantastic. Like I love that spirit. I love that spirit. And then when I think about guys in their twenties and their thirties, I don't know. I gotta work tomorrow. I got this. I I got that. Look at Dave's mom, man. She's seventy and she's rocking harder than yes. you. <laughs> right on. Right on. So let's get into some tunage here. And we're going to dedicate this song to Dave's mom, Dave's mom, Dave's mom. This is a Morbicon from the Of Mournful Twilight. This is Universal Funeral.
I was also given the new Destroyer 666 Never Surrender record uh, spin. Great stuff, great stuff. That was the title track. And before that, the aforementioned The Crippler Human Ophals from that cool new record, I'm Just Going to Let Myself In, available now from the good folks at Horror, Pain, Gore, Death Productions. As the immortal Mean Gene used to say to push whatever wrestling card was coming to your town, run, don't walk, to grab the new Crippler and grab all of these records that we're talking about well my friend you're a metallica fan i've heard that rumor yes (laughs) i'm assuming you really want to talk the new single and the new record cover with them the new lux eterna song i assume you've heard it oh yeah i love it Ah, me too. Me too. Like, I'm, ever since, like, the Black Album, I've been Mr. Metallica's skeptical. You know what I mean? Likewise. Yeah. And, like, and, like, Hardwired was a fantastic record. Okay, it was their best record since Justice. The first time I heard the new song, Lux Eterna, it's like, Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. As much as I enjoyed hard, Hardwired, this is the Metallica that I want. And I got it. I got it. What What say you? I, dude, I'm, I'm with you, man. I absolutely love it. It was a really good game. Or, or like really good song. Like really good. Oh, man, just I, I, would, I didn't even know it was coming, which was a shocker. Mm-hmm. You know, because like, wow, I didn't see that happening. Uh, but man, it it was a great single. Like I listened to it whenever it came out. And that album cover, though. <laughs> <laughs> OK, yeah. Yeah, OK. I thought we were going to talk about this song a little bit more. But OK, you mentioned the album cover. I'm like, I it's it was it was really bizarre. Okay, because it's got the crib and all these other sort of things that I guess that you encounter through your life. Because I guess 72 seasons, the idea is like that's like four times 18 is 72, right? Okay. Like, is that not the concept of 72 seasons? That's, and I haven't done the math, but I took a, a solid guess. Isn't that like, childhood you go through 72 seasons of childhood i guess (laughs) like i i honestly don't know like i i haven't really read much into it other than just listen to the song and of course everybody's trashing it immediately like oh everybody loves to pick on metallica because we're we're, uh, even something like it came up in the theater where somebody started metallica i'm like like, oh, yeah, because, you know, Lars wants everybody to pay for everything. I said, um, they were right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, they, they knew what was going to happen. It's happened, you know. Oh, for sure. I was always in their corner against Napster. Yeah. And, and, and all of that. 
What I really dug, and I'm going back to this song here, like you could take Luxie Turner and you could probably, okay, okay, like there is definite changes in Hetfield's vocals from Kill 'em All to modern day Metallica. Oh, but yeah. That's yeah, well, going to happen he, with But he age. also had that throat issue, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Fair Which enough. I always forget fair, about. Fair enough. You know. It's just... So I can kind of let that go. People get older. Their voices change. Like, we don't sound the same we did when we were 17. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, okay. But musically, you could take this song and you could slap it on to kill them all. And it would be seamless. Yeah. You know, as a matter of fact, some enterprising young person, I'm assuming was young, took the music to hit the lights and just put the lyrics or the song or the, the vocals of Luxie Turner and mixed them together and it was flawless. It it worked. It worked perfect. So it's like like when I heard that, it's like, oh my god! Like this, this is this is the Metallica that I've wanted, you know, since since Justice. Like 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 I said, the only deterrent, and it's not really even that. I can let it go. It's just I want I to I would love to have this album, this song, and I'm I'm just guessing the rest of the record is going to be cool, okay. If I could just have the young James vocals on this song, on this record, and it would be amazing. As, as yeah. great as this song is. Is that the, like, what was your initial gut reaction when you first heard this song? Uh, dude, it, it, it really, that song could fit well on Kill 'em All. It could have fit uh, maybe puppets, but it really, it. Um, if not kill them all, definitely somewhere like sandwiched in with like the garage days, right? Because mm -hmm. it's got that punk rock spirit, you know, that those early new Wabam influences coming in. Oh, yeah. You know, and I just, I, I really did. Like, it's almost, um, it would not have been a shocker to be like, so we collaborated with Dave Mustaine on this one. You know, <laughs> or Chris Tatler from Diamond yeah, Head. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it, it would not have shocked me if they would have been like, yeah, we got together with Dave and wrote a song. This is what happened. Well, yeah, of course mm -hmm. that's what happened. You know, I'm glad you mentioned New Oblum or however that's New that's, that's pronounced. Yeah. Because it, it, they're okay. The very first time I heard this, I'm like, oh my God, this is Diamond Head. This is Metallica's, oh, another. Love letter to Diamond Head, like this. This, this yes. is absolutely fantastic. This is what I want, and I really think what we're going to start getting now, right? So, so, so if you think about like the '90s, right? So we have we have the first, um, the first three Metallica albums are absolutely amazing. You get Justice with uh, you know the issue with they take out all the bass guitar. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, still a great album, but as a bass player, I do have slight problems with that, you know, like, especially obviously when you have an amazing bassist like Burton to just then pull out all the bass, like, come on, guys, dick move. 
But um, so, you know, you've got that, you've got Justice, and then we get the Black Album. And, you know, all of us that took so much shit for Lucky Metallica feel so betrayed, right? Uh, yeah. And so, and that's <laughs> what we're dealing with throughout the 90s. Because throughout the 90s, you know, they're trying different stuff. And I mean, like, I, I've said that, like, well, I'm still not a huge fan of the Black Album. When they did the Blacklist and had all these other artists covering it, and I hear how these songs translate into all these genres seamlessly, I'm like... Well, fuck, that's some great songwriting. Like that, that is the proof of a great songwriter when it can just, you know, seamlessly move across genres and it feels like it belongs there. Like that is great songwriting. So, you know, I, I can't fault them for that, but it still hurts. Uh, but <laughs> it's at least not as bad as Load and Reload, right? Which right. I still don't ever want to talk about. And I know there's the people like, oh, you know, it's all good. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Everyone's going to have their taste. Everyone's going to have whatever. What bothers me is the people now that just give Metallica shit because of the Napster stuff and because of all the other context, because their only context is like load and reload and the Black Album. And, and they didn't come up with what we came up with. And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you think about just just like, you know, our journeys, right? You know, I mean, you and you and I are slightly um, exceptions because when everybody said, well, you know, you're going to stop listening to metal, you're going to start doing whatever. And, you know, we both (laughs) have always listened to a lot of stuff like we focus on the metal stuff, but we both have very diverse tastes outside of metal and Mm -hmm. we don't quit listening to metal because we still love aggressive metal, you know, at this age and. And and it's funny it's it's because you know I'll get the kids kids that'll be like oh yeah yeah this is what you like because because when you know a young kid asks me what do I like I say Metallica Megadeth Iron Maiden because I don't want to have to try to explain Dillinger Escape Plan which they probably don't understand yes uh-huh. I don't want to explain you know Gojira <laughs> yeah. you, you know? gotta dub it down for the normies you know so so then they're like oh okay so now i know you like and they play me some band that has some heavy guitars and whiny vocals yeah this is heavy sure and i just smile and nod you know (laughs) and and let them think that i'm the old man that doesn't know anything it's just like sure yeah it's great yeah good stuff you know Uh but you know so so we've been on this journey where we're constantly exploring and that was metallica right like you know they got out those other arms they did lulu i hate lulu but they did lulu you know, and they were trying right. different things and they're like, they're pushing themselves because it's a musician. You need to try new things. And I think where we're at is they have gotten to the point where they are like, like really comfortable. Like they still listen to all sorts of different types of music, right? They, mm. they, you know, seek out all sorts of new artists all the time and not just metal. And the blacklist proves that, right? Like they're looking for the best music across all genres and and they really stay in tune with that. But they're also 100% unapologetic for who they are. And that is horror loving monster kids that love metal. Mm-hmm. And all those horror comics and things that influenced them in the movies and, and books and things that they read and that maybe, you know, that, that they didn't talk about for, you know, a decade or so. Like, now that's back. And I think that's going to be a lot of the stuff we get now. You know? 
and and, and I'm excited for it. You know, like oh the, for sure, the album looks like they went to Jack White and said, "Hey, you do that black and yellow thing. Why don't you design us an album cover?" You know, like Third Man, because it looks like something uh, like like the Third Man rejected his logo. <laughs> you know, and and because right. you're talking about like all the different things that are on there, I'm like, I can't get past the fact the fact that it looks like just a bumblebee attack. It's it if it's not Third Man Records, it's a Striper record, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it, no, it, I see that. Yeah, it's it's just like I I can't get past the colors to even tell you what's on it. You know, because it, it, it's very bold. But I'm like, it's not going to stop me from buying it. Well, it might stop me from buying the vinyl because do I really need that? Because <laughs> I mean, when when I look at like Master Puppets and other metallic albums I have here, do I really need that artwork in a large size? Mm-hmm. Now I'm good with the digital. You know, like. <laughs> See, see, that's 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 what I was going to say about the album cover. Okay, like that. Okay, those first four Metallica records, like those, look like metal albums. Oh yeah, covers. Okay, dude, ride the lightning. This this does not. Oh, yeah, like yeah. this. If you if you had put you know you know the first four Metallica records and then this one, you know, and then. One of these things is not like the other. Pick. I would immediately go to that one and say, get rid of that. You know, it's just, it's not a Metallica cover. Visually, it feels like the album that comes after Load and Reload. Yeah. Yeah. Not post-Hardwired, where they seem to be getting back to their roots, you know. Which which some, sorry, which I've kind of been thinking, like... The, this song is almost like, okay, we've got a lot of criticisms for not, you know, being the Metallica of old when, you know, we were the yeah. underground band and all that. Okay, we're going to do something just like that. And they still get shit from I've seen so many memes, you know, people, pictures of people puking and all that. Oh, just listen to the new Metallica song. Okay, dude. This was probably the the person that was bitching and moaning about load and reload and the I disappear song and all that. Like, this is what you wanted. Well, (laughs) and you know what I find funny? Like here, here's where where I really have like like a problem with this stuff. Right? Is the fact that. It's that people people forget that these guys are sixty, and yeah, uh-huh. anybody else who's this age, <laughs> uh, like your average guitar player, like dude, I've been playing since I was thirteen. I can't keep up with those guys or Scott Ian, and they're all older than me, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't do it every day. So, like, let's at least throw out some respect for the physicality it takes to get it, let alone the fact that it's uh, some of the best music we've gotten in years. You know, now I'm one of the the outliers who still thinks that, um, you know, Change the Snare and um, St. Anger is an amazing record. Actually, yeah. Like, it's an amazing record. I I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. And and so, so, you know, you've got these these different things, things that are going here. But... To like they're 60 and 
it's still killer. The spirit is still there, you know? And, and I think, I think it's just become the popular thing now to shit on Metallica because they're successful because that's what people do now. Like if somebody becomes successful and, and granted we were shitting on them for, uh, selling out for the black album, but that was a big shift, you know? And we were also growing up with it and then had to live through it. The people that are shitting on them now, a lot of them are 20 years younger than us. Like you don't know. Yeah. Shut you weren't up. there. You yeah. weren't there. Yeah, You were not there. Yeah. I was, I was actually on Facebook. Some, someone had post posted something about, okay, the first, the first generation punks, we're the lucky ones because we were there and the people, the, the next generation can learn from us and all that. And I responded by saying, yes, this is all true, but it irritates the piss out of me when someone, you know, some 20 year old tries to tell me how it went down in the eighties. Right. Like you weren't there. Your mom never even met your dad. You know, when I was, you know, front row at a death sentence concert, you know, like you, no, you, you weren't there. You don't know. Shut up and listen to what we have to say. And I've had, I've been at shows like how I remember I was at a house show. Okay. And before the bands were coming on, a bunch of us, we were all kind of hanging out in the living room of the house and the conversation just starts, you know, talking about, about punk and all that. And myself and John McGowan from Strange Things and a number of bands, and him and I, we go back decades. We were both there in the punk scene in the 80s. This, you know, we're we're talking about what it was like. This other, this young, young fella, no, no names. He starts dictating to us. And we're looking at him like, excuse me. Meanwhile, someone else... You know, a third party and part of, you know, just kind of hanging out. He ends up saying, no, why don't you just shut up and listen to what John and Snowy have to say? Because they were fucking there. Yeah. And <laughs> it's so funny, dude. It's, it's, it's like, and I just kind of, well, I wouldn't have phrased it that way, but, but thank you. Okay. <laughs> you know, and that's the way I feel with this song. Like you and I, we were fucking there. Yeah, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. And th this song, this song is so great. And now, um, I'm gonna stop giving them shit for the album cover, and I may actually buy the vinyl because I'm looking right. at it. We're talking about it, and as I was talking about, like, well, yeah, they're monster kids. Like they grew up with the horror movies, the comics. All of a sudden, I'm like, wait a second, movie posters. Yeah, I started Googling is... Alfred Hitchcock movie posters. And uh, okay. when you look at 72 seasons against just, just Alfred Hitchcock. And, and, and I, I feel like there's, there's a lot of horror movie type things in here, but like, um, I found a psycho one. I found a rear window one. Um, huh. I, f I found like vertigo where it's, it's those, it's that two color, you know, solid object sort sort of stuff. I'm like, oh, this is what they were going for. Ah, you know, yes. uh, it, it's definitely like 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 that that callback to those 
those very simple horror movie uh, posters like, like here's one shadow of a doubt that's like a three color all solid solid images you know like no no pictures you can make out but there's the one that was an alfred hitchcock it was an alternate where it's a yellow background and a black wheelchair oh um, okay oh like like when i look at lexa turner now i'm like oh yeah 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 like i i see it now i'm like okay and, and there's there's other stuff in here where I'm like, wait a second, I've seen this. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's going to be some, there's probably a really good story behind behind this. You know? Yes, yes. As, as, see, we're, we're, we're speculating. We're just going for a gut reaction for what little we've seen and heard. As... The record, and it's not going to be available, like, what, March? April, I think. April. Okay, yeah. so we we still have a number of months, you know, bef- before we get it. And that's going to be part of the fun, speculating, thinking about it. Like, what else What else are we going to great? What else are we going to get? As great as this song is, are we going to get eight other great songs? Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, and I, definitely... I really hope the answer is yes. <clears throat> For sure. But honestly, For sure. I feel like the answer is yes, because... You heard portals, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, like Kirk's, Kirk's foray into you know his his own instrumental music, which again, very horror movie themed, and it's like it. While that's not Metallica, the you hear the elements, the roots there, and I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, these guys have really just been really embracing who they are. So I'm expecting some badass music on this. I really am, dude. Yeah, me too. Me too. Really looking forward to it. You want to hear some badass music now? Yes. Yes, I do. Do you remember Leather Wolf? Oh, my. From kind from of? Back in the, there, there, there is a name from the past. Yes. Like, yes. The first the first time that I heard Leather Wolf, I think it was their either their second or debut record. And here in Winnipeg, it was about 1987, and on our local rock radio station, Friday nights at midnight would be their the weekly all metal program, like the Power Hour, the Headbangers Ball. Okay, and Mr. DJ Man cranked Leather Wolf's version of Bad Moon Rising. Now it's like, okay, this is absolutely fantastic. This is really great stuff. Unfortunately, Leather Wolf never really amounted to much back then, yeah. but they kept they kept the faith. New record now, Kill the Hunted is available. And I thought a band, you know, going back to Metallica's heyday, which we seem to be getting a resurrection of, it would be really cool to revisit some leather wolf and see what they've got going on today so the title track from the new leather wolf record this is kill the hunted
Speaking about old-time bands that are still out killing it, that is the new Necromantia, the new record, To the Depths We Descend, that is Inferno. Really, really cool stuff. So glad to see Leatherwolf around. So glad to see Necromantia around. That's one of the things that I like to do on this show. Like, there's all those great bands that we knew from the 80s and the early 90s. And that seems to be where the fans are stuck in that that era. But they keep making great music. Modern music. And... That's where I like to go because I yeah. think this these songs need to be heard and not just on a live front. Hey, we're going to do something new. And then people pull out the phones, look at their watch, go to the can, go to the bar. You're missing some great music. And there's some great music from Necromantia and Leatherwolf right there for you. Well, my friend. So glad to hear your voice once again. Like I said, it was a good three three weeks there, but so glad that you're back and you were psyched and it was a great evening to bring this crazy train into the station while I was out at the Mess de Mortes Festival. I picked up a couple CDs as well that I don't think I talked about in my Metal Fist lot Metal Fix last week um i picked up on cd at one of the merch booths at the festival the debut from bulldozer record day of wrath from way back in the day a couple episodes ago we cranked some new bulldozer well i grabbed that as well i found a cd version of bestial mockeries gospel of the insane to get us on out of here let's go with black metal slaughter how can uh people get a hold of us i honestly am not 100 sure it's been so long <laughs> yes wait until you hear me try to do the shit that you do oh, that's every week yeah. Oh, oh, yeah oh yeah well i well, tried i tried man we will start with at rad metal 666 for instagram right because all the stuff that we talked about in our Metal Fix, we need to get pictures up of it on the Instagram this Friday when this episode drops uh, because everybody needs to see my Christmas calendar that is Gremlins. My, yes. My Christmas yes. calendar, right? We, we, I, I need to get some good pictures up of that. So, at Red Metal 666 for Instagram. Uh, it's also on Twitter, but uh, sometimes I tweet, sometimes I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to do there. Like... Like, um, I got to say that Twitter's been way more interesting since uh, Elon Musk took over. Okay. You know, and and however you feel, you know, like, like that's not what we're getting at. I'm just saying, like, I appreciate the conversations that are happening. Because as you and I have ah. talked about on the show that, um, you know, free speech doesn't mean shutting down who you disagree with. Free speech means dealing with that bullshit. And um, everybody's getting their bullshit out. And there's bullshit on both sides. And there's good both sides on yeah. both sides. And there's third sides and fourth sides and eighth sides. 
So, yeah, like there, there's more conversation happening. So, I don't know. Maybe we can find something interesting to do over there that'd be worth our time. But who knows? Um, RadMetal666 at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. Uh, Facebook.com slash RadMetal. Occasionally, or when we do it right or maybe not right, the pictures that go on Instagram also go over to there. But Snowy's doing mm-hmm. other stuff on Facebook. So that's a good time. Um, and then, so iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, um, insert podcast aggregator here. Everywhere. We're yeah. everywhere. We're all over the internet, right? Like we're all over. Like I, I triple dog dare you to do a call back to a Christmas story. Um, but I triple dog <laughs> dare you not to find us on a podcast aggregator. Like we triple dog dare you. It's not going to happen. Go mm-hmm. on smart ass and do it. And you're going to be there with your tongue stuck to your MP3 player. It's going to be embarrassing. That's right. But, um, oh yeah, we are also even on Spotify. And the reason we're on Spotify is because of the fine folks at the Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com. They have a whole host of lifestyle and wrestling podcasts, stuff like us, and stuff like a wrestling night in Canada. Which mm-hmm. is um, a Canadian wrestling podcast show that uh, has people that sound a lot like Snowy and Ducky. Yeah, good looking guys. Yeah, yeah very handsome guys. gentlemen, you know. Um, but yeah, so the Shiny Wizards Network, check them out. They're wonderful people and we're proud to be a part of it. And um, if you check out the Shiny Wizards Network on Spotify, you'll find us there too. So again, we yeah. triple dog dare you. Good now, luck. now I now I want to watch not only Gremlins tonight, but the original Christmas Story. Yeah, you should watch them simultaneously. You know what? You should put the sound up on one and the sound down on the other, and <laughs> and just if, see what happens. See if it fits. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure, for sure. So in the meantime, and in between time, that's it. This has been a hit the lux episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Signing off.